Welcome to the Sailor Jimmy Podcast, your one-stop shop for raw takes on current events, sports, news, and everything in between. Inspiring people to chase their dreams, share their success stories, and find joy in life. Now, here's your captain at the helm, U.S. Navy veteran, Jimmy Rogers. Welcome back to another season of the Sailor Jimmy Podcast. Took a long break for Christmas, holidays, got real busy, took a little bit more time than I thought I would, but we're back and we're here at Sawyer Park Ice House in the green room. What a beautiful place. With a lot of history in this room, a lot of history in this room. The, the voice you hear right there, that's uh, that's that's Matty Radliff. I want to bring him on. Matty is the booking agent, marketing director. Matty, tell me if I'm wrong about any of these. You're the booking agent, marketing director, and lighting director for Sawyer Park Ice House and... You've been nominated by the Texas Country Music Association for Lighting Director of the Year and Venue Marketing Partner of the Year. Is that all true? Uh, yes, sir. It's uh, that's about right. Okay. Yeah, that's what we do. So, so first of all, it's an honor to be here. Finally, I know he's been mighty's been on my butt about being on the show for a long time. But uh, hey, we don't have to harp on it. You're here now, okay. so let's make the best of it, best of the moment. But Marty, Matty, before we get into the show and we get to the topics of the conversation i want to recognize you know we can't do shows without our sponsors right oh 100 it's all about the sponsors man let me ask you a question you ever been to captain brad's of course i have captain brad's let me Tom tell you all. yeah off 249 north point captain brad's serves all your traditional favorite seafood including oysters crab legs oh, that platter bro <laughs> everything you think about seafood captain brad's has it and i'm telling you right now this is my favorite place to take uh, clients, customers, uh, employees. When we have to have a meeting, when we go out to lunch, I always take them to Captain Brad's. Brittany Applin is the owner. She's uh, big, in, big in the community, helps out uh, Boots for Troops and a lot of other charities, all other causes. So shout out to Brittany, Captain Brad's, for being the title sponsor of the season. Maddie's cell phone's already going off. I know. I'm famous. That's okay. It's okay. Anyways, I want to tell you about a new dish over there that I can't wait to try. I saw it posted on their social media. It is the tell me what you think about this, Maddie. Give me give me a one word response. Blackened redfish served over a bed of bacon cheddar mashed potatoes topped with grilled shrimp and a crawfish sauce. One word response. Yum. <laughs> Yum. That's what I mean, pitch- that's just it. You got the butter. You got it all going on there. I mean, I'm on a <laughs> diet right now, so I can only have half of that. But man. <laughs> that's what the picture looked like when I uh, when I saw it. I thought, wow, incredible. Perfect. <clears throat> Anyways, man, welcome to the show, Maddie. You're a you're one of my best friends, man. A lot of people probably don't know that you're one of my best friends. Oh, one man, of my appreciate that, bro. One of my uh, <clears throat> one of the guys in the industry that I can always count on, talk to. We've done a lot of stuff together. We have, and uh, I, I admire everything you do. You're, I, I tell people you're the you're the flyer god. I am. All these flyers you see behind us. I love Maddie, graphics. Maddie made all of them. So what? Music. How'd you get into? How'd you get into making graphics and flyers and marketing? That's a funny story. High school, we threw uh, we threw a big event that was illegal, <laughs> uh, and my friends, uh, I guess it was like a big field, but they used to have horse tracks out there in Magnolia, mm-hmm. and we begged uh, we begged our dads to let us use it for the weekend for like a friend get together. So we ended up making like a. It was almost like that movie Project X. We I went to the library at the college. Used their first Photoshop that I could find, made my first flyer, and we 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 posted at four high schools, and right. had over probably seven thousand people show up. And we were it was probably not the legal thing to do, but we had bands. So you were making flyers in high school and having my first festival. What uh what what software are you using then? Photoshop. Same. Photoshop. Photoshop one. Photoshop one. Wow. Yeah, it's come a long way. You you you. <laughs> I, I try. I think I'm pretty decent now. Hey, your Canva's good. You yeah, um, I, I use Canva posts on my wall, but like when I need it, like my big events, I always call Maddie. I'm like, Maddie, come on, come through for me. Give, give, give me something great. Well, I love working for you, man. Like you have a, you have a great group of people, and on all your businesses that you have, man, they're, it's it's been fun to watch you grow and, and see how you just have done it from one small event to you name it to things that we're gonna announce here in a little bit later. Right. But, Do you remember the first time we met? Yeah. It'd be over at Exit Seventy Three. Yeah, at the Crawfish Fest. Yeah, I, I, I didn't, I didn't, we didn't really know each other, but looked I looked at each other and waved. And I was like, I thought, I was like confused. I didn't know like what your role was with SMG Nobody and everything. Knows. And I was like, 
you just look like if you don't know Maddie, I know Maddie, but if you don't know Maddie, you see him, he you you're kind of afraid to go up to him. You think he might like bite your head off, but no. actually one of the nicest guys in the world. But um, who knew, dude? I, I I saw you many times before I ever met you, and I was like, man, I I want to meet that guy. And then when I met you, like we became like besties. Like yeah, man, and just we both grew up in Tomball, so that helps. yeah, that was that Take was pride. for sure. All right, I got some uh, some hot topics I want to talk to you about today, Maddie. Yeah. On the show, some you may like, some you might not. But oh well, I want to pay uh, I want to pay my respects to Toby Keith. That's a hard one, man. That's a that was a that was a, that was a hard one to hear. Man, it hit me it hit me it hit me right in right in, in the core of my heart because I don't know if you saw my post, but um, when it first happened, I was like, damn, that's sad. But then the more I got to know who – I already knew Toby was a big supporter of the troops. And obviously, I work with the troops on a daily basis. But um, when I actually dove into understanding uh, more about him and his career, I just it, – it hit me even harder. Do you – are you – what do you know about Toby Keith? Uh, he's, he was a good dude, a lot of great music. Um he was never one to like really be in the spotlight a lot. Right. You know, he did a lot of things behind the back, which is cool, which I kind of dig that. Like, he didn't need a lot of flash, a lot of whatever, to get to where he was and what he wanted to do behind the scenes of everything he does. So, I respect that a lot. And then it's like one of those names like you kind of forget about it for a little bit, but then when you hear his music, and you're like, oh yeah, man, what's he doing now? And it's been like I've been wondering what's been up with him lately. And then, boom, he's been sick. Yeah, well, <laughs> but. If you don't know, you don't know. You know, like I don't, I can't catch up on all the on the things. You know, right? For it sure, hit me. For sure, it smacked me. What if I told you? Um, I'm going to read something to you. Hit me. I did a little research earlier today um, on Toby because I wanted to. My first episode back, obviously Toby just passed. He's a country music legend. Um, so I, I started to do some research on him, and it said that he was in the oil industry in Oklahoma back in 1982. And uh, early bitch, red dirt, huh? <laughs> it's early red dirt, early red dirt 1982. I wasn't even born yet, I was born in 87. I was already born, and uh, he found himself unemployed, so he turned that's when he turned to music. So he's working in the oil field and decides he, get, he becomes unemployed and decides to turn to music. And he started a band called the Easy Money Band. I've heard that. <laughs> And they were paying, they were playing. Think about this because you book bands now, mm-hmm. yeah. they were playing for $35 a night. Yeah, that's more than some people get on the road, bro. I'm telling you, sometimes you just get like a handshake and you got 10 minutes, go. $35 a night, which maybe, obviously $35 now is not the same as in 82. But um, in an interview with uh, Country Weekly, his now wife, his wife said, um, people would yell at her and tell her, you need to tell your, man, your old man to get a real job. And uh, she would respond by saying, he's good enough at music. That I've got to let him try, and I'll be a great. It'll be a great shot for both of us if he can make it work. So, the typical American dream story: you, you come out of the oil field, everybody wants to kick in the dick. <laughs> yeah, you want to start a band, you start a band, everybody doubts you, and you become one of the biggest country music superstars in the history of country music. So, America loves a good underdog story. A good underdog story. Um, there's some other key facts about Toby Keith that you probably don't know. Um, let me see. He owns a rest. He owned a restaurant chain called "I Love This Bar and Grill." Yep. Famous uh, song that by blew him. Up big. Yep. Um, I think there was one in Vegas. He has them all over the country. Or Na- Nashville. When I went to was in Vegas. Uh, guess what? His first. This is going to shock you because most people are going to guess very low, but guess how much his first paying gig was? It was at 30, a wedding. It was a private event. It was thirty five bucks, huh? So it was like thirty five dollars. No, he was playing for thirty five dollars in nineteen eighty two in bars, but his first private gig, paid gig, was uh, they paid him a thousand dollars to play a wedding. Wedding money. Let's get yeah. money. Um. Anyways, I wanted to just shout out Toby Keith, man. So many great songs. Uh, Should have been a cowboy. How do you like me now? Red Solo Cup. I mean, the list goes on and on. Like you said, you forget about the songs that he. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the whole genre of the like his style came after him. But dude, do you know the best part about Toby Keith was hmm. how much he loved our military? Oh, that's always nobody spent more time in the war zone 
doing concerts not only so they said he did concerts in kuwait and Iraq. yeah i was gonna say he did a lot of uh what is it the uso yeah. thing where they would fly out there and whatnot and do the big events and he, yeah he was one of the first ones to start going out there him and kid rock they yeah, did Desert they, Storm. they did more they did more concerts than than any 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 other anybody else and i'm telling you somebody that served wore the uniform and they don't get paid for that that's, that's what them. that's what hit me man because i'm like I know what that means. I've yeah. been there. We we were, I was on the I was on the USS Theodore Roosevelt, and they had all of a sudden one morning we woke up and they had these posters up. And it was like David Nell or I think it was David. Nell, yeah, somebody was coming to do a concert for us in the hangar bay, and like everybody was so excited. Yeah, because we had we had no other any you don't get, you form you of miss, entertainment. Yeah, you miss what's going on over here, right? You yeah, know, over there, especially on a boat or in a desert during a, in a war. You know, I mean, like you're sitting there. Biden time. If I told you, if I show. told you, Maddie, you want to get on a plane tomorrow and go, you want to go to uh, Persian Gulf, land on a carrier? I said, let's go right now. What's yeah, I mean, it's an honor, it. dude. But he did it more than anybody else. That'd be awesome. Love Toby Keith. Rest in peace. Just a great, just a great, great guy. All right, let's get real about some shit. Uh oh, let's go. Take a sip of that. Take a sip of that. What are you drinking over there? <laughs> I'm on double gin and a uh, sugar-free Red Bull right now. I thought about you earlier, man. I started, like, I, I'm not going to lie. I started doing this rundown, like, <laughs> today. I've been so busy. So I was like, I started I started drafting the rundown for today's show. And I was like, man, what are me and Maddie going to talk about? And something that you and I have in common is we both book bands. And you, you're booking at a much higher volume than I am right now because you're doing live music every weekend here. Well, at I have a Park. vehicle for it. So. But you're doing, you're doing like, you're doing stuff every weekend here and you you're every act it's such a diverse selection like whether you're a country music fan or a rock band or you like a tribute band like you do a great job of mixing it up and Appreciate uh, that. you, you kind of touch every fan base or everybody's you know needs but let me ask you a question honest answer mm-hmm. what's what's the big challenges when it comes to booking booking artists entertainment if it was, if I was able to go straight to the artist and get it done, because I, I always earn these relationships with them afterwards, right? It would go so much faster and easier. But it's getting in the face of some of these booking agents because they're having to deal with a lot of stuff, and it's like, hey, I'm over here too. I'm over here too. I want to do things. Um, other than that, and then it's working with other club owners in the area with radius clauses. Mm-hmm. To me, like, like I've got Austin Mead coming up this Friday, uh, Saturday. His management company asked me three weeks ago, hey. Austin has a chance to play in Baytown for a big event, but it's like three weeks after your event. Are you okay if they start promoting it now? I'm like, hell yeah. Because, I mean, that's, I know it's less than 100 miles away, but. You're trying to look out for the man, band. Yeah, because you've been in the first, band. Because the bands are where they, they, have to, they have a lot of things going on in their life. They have to pay a lot of people. They have to do a lot of things. So if I have a chance to make a band some extra money and I'm still going to do okay because I know we're going to pull it and we're going to have a good time because he's a great dude. I'm going to help those bands out first. I mean, that's that's where it comes first because I've been there. I know what it's like. And Well, see, I want to say, like, for you, you get it, right? You mm-hmm. you want it because you, you care. You care about the entertainers, and you know how hard they're grinding. So I have this – I deal with the same thing where we sometimes get, we get put in between the the venue owner and then, like, well, why are they playing this – so we have to kind of like be the middle person to kind of make everybody understand it, keep everybody happy, and that can be 100%. difficult at times. But because when I get the same emails about whether I have an artist booked here, and they're like, "Will you approve them to play here?" and it may be just a little inside the radius clause, like you you want to say yes because you care about that that artist, but then you also have to answer to your show, your your boss or your or the venue owner. So I'm just like you. A lot of people don't know behind the scenes yeah. about that we deal with stuff like that, right? I'm just blessed that my people, they're cool with that. They they, they understand it. People got to right. make money. And Now, if it was like two feet down the road and they're playing the next day, I get For it. Sure. But, For I sure. Mean, come on, man. We're talking 80 miles away. I Houston, think you're just like me. You'll try. If you can make it happen and it makes sense, Like you'll always, you'll always release the, um, the artist to let them play a show. Um, what I <laughs> People think booking is such an easy thing, man. Like I, I'm jumping a little ahead here, but I don't know if you saw when the rodeo lineup came out. For the Houston Livestock show, show and Rodeo this year, people were fussing about the lineup, and they thought it could be better. 
if they only knew how difficult it was to, to get them all in the same place at the same time, I mean, you can't. They, yeah, they got, there's people they're going all over the world. You need to get them all lined up in three weeks. And get how competitive and how competitive it is. That's off to them, man. I would not want that job for anything. I love the rodeo, but hell no, man. Yeah, be, that's be, like a nightmare. I mean, they don't. First of all, the fans don't know how competitive it is to book, especially post COVID, because now everybody's starting their own festival again. All these venues are booking again, so. There's radius clauses. There's uh, scheduling. I mean, there's so many things. There's so many variables that the yeah, average the person doesn't know. Like that's and it's like, man, I saw the rodeo lineup. I'm like, okay, it may not be the best lineup ever, but you know, every person on that lineup, I'm like, somebody loves that person. Yeah. And somebody, yeah. I mean, like, if I could have any of them at my festival, sign me up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, please. So people, you know, it's just we forget, sometimes we forget about not only what the rodeo is about, but it's not just that, though, Jimmy. They have the hideout, which brings like a lot of awesome up-and-coming talent, which I'm going to this year. I'm going a bunch of times. There's a bunch of bands that play here that are playing there this year, and I'm super stoked. You got like, Chad Cook playing there. You got Callie. Susan Hickman. Yeah, and then you got old Peyton Howard, too. She's doing it, too. And then not only that, they also have the barbecue that goes on. They have to do entertainment out there for that, too, which Dylan Wheeler's playing that. And um, I think the – Oh, by the way, Dylan Wheeler – well, I heard he killed it here. Oh, he melted the walls here. He like, we were talking about that, they're like, dude, he just slayed it. He was good. He's a good act. If you haven't seen him, Dylan Wheeler, he rocks. Yeah. But they all rock, man. That's 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 the beauty of it, man. There's so much new stuff out there and, and new bands up and coming. Like, I try to book a lot of bands from out of town, you know, like that aren't from the Houston area that much right. just to kind of break them because everybody wants to break in Houston because Houston – is really starting to build the scene for a lot of music, which we were not now. Like you look at the awards coming up, a lot like eighty percent of them are from based in this area. You know, yeah. and that's it's amazing. It's a know? hotbed. Yeah, and we have the fans here to support live music. Yeah. So like when we it's have live music, it. like our people in the community come out and they turn out to to watch the show, and that's why, like this is a great opportunity for us on this podcast to talk about how important it is that. When we do book shows and we do have these live entertainers at different venues that we work with, including yours, it's important that people come out and support these live shows because that's the only way we can keep doing them. Right. Once y'all stop coming out and supporting them and it gets in the in the venues losing money on shows, well then they can't do the shows anymore. So if you have live music in your in your community somewhere and there is a venue that's trying to do live music, get out and go see and pay the ten dollars or the fifteen dollars to see uh, the band play, right? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Um, that way, we don't have to have the, so many heated conversations with uh, <laughs> the people that own the venues and, and try to convince them to keep doing it. But um, back to the rodeo, they yeah, the the hideout man. Like I'm, it's every year. I'm so happy to see so many of the people that you and I work, work with, with. Yeah, make that next step in their That's career. A huge step, yeah. man. I saw Josh Abbott at the hideout years yeah. ago. I mean. If you make the hideout, unless it's like a it's like a stepping stone in your career. Once you make the hideout, then I guess the next dream is to make it to the main stage of the rodeo. But yeah, but no, <laughs> it's just, you just stand on that stage and look out, and there's like thousands. You're talking yeah, thousands yeah. of people just got yeah. done with the concert. They're all jazzed up, ready, and it's like you see if people. And, and it comes with a respect level, like badass sound system, and like the whole thing is just it's legit. It's a whole good experience. Like I said, I may, I'm going to some of them, and I'm not even going to the show. I'm going just to the hideout just to see. You're not even going to go to the main show. You're just going to go straight to the hideout. Yeah, watch these yeah. people because cause some of them are during the week where I can actually go, and right. it makes me proud. You know what I mean? For like, sure. Hell yeah, look at them up there. You know, I feel like a big rock dad. You know. Well, so, you better take me with you. Well, you, I'm sure you're going to be there, bro. We'll take a party bus, do some Jaeger shots. Go. I think we should be sponsored by Jaeger, you and I. Hey. <laughs> um, man, this is. I'm, I'm going to bring up a very very tough subject. No. I don't know how you feel about talking about this. Oh yeah. Come on. But we're here to get ratings on the set of Jimmy podcast. <laughs> no. So I see, I see a lot of, um, first I want to say I love each and every entertainer artist that I work with. Oh yeah. Top to bottom. Um, all of them. They're all good people and I love them. I think there's a disconnect. So I'm, I'm coming to talk at the, um, Texas Country Music Association Industry Awards this year, and I'm going to talk about the disconnect between entertainers and venue because I feel like there's a huge disconnect. And I think think everybody has a good heart and everybody has good intentions, but understanding each other's rules rules or point of views or sides is – I feel like everybody's afraid to talk about it because they think, well, if I say this, this part – get blackballed. Oh, yeah, or these people are going to be mad at me. The only thing that matters is the truth, and the truth – 
and we know what the truth is, and everybody knows what the truth is. Money. Money, 100%. So um, I've seen many artists, entertainers. I won't mention any names. I've just seen, like, and I get it from the entertainer side where they're like, they're, they're wanting to, you know, explain how much money they invest in gas, traveling here. They have to pay their other musicians in the band, this and that. Right, which is all relative. And then, yeah, whatever, yeah. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> and then you hear that you need to talk to the venue owners, and they're like, well, we got overhead for utilities. You know, we got to pay our staff. We got to do. So everybody has their own side, right? <clears throat> so I'm going to give you my take on it, and you can give me your take on it. Yeah, 100%. My take on it is this I love, I love all my entertainers. I keep saying that because I do, and they know I've supported them. I'll look right in the camera, and I'll tell y'all I've supported y'all. And I keep no, supporting all your events. y'all. You do top notch for them from yeah. When they get I'll take well, hospitality and all, but but like over gotcha. the years, like multiple bookings, I've always like I'm always going to take care of them. But I I want them to know the only thing that matters is how many tickets they can sell. You you can't as a as a producer promoter whatever you want to call me. If I have a client, whether that's 403 Eats or Leslie's or Sam Houston Race Park. I can't sell something to my client and say, you need to pay $5,000 for this band, right? And the band only sells $500 in tickets. Right. I, I can't, it doesn't matter how hard you work or how much time you put in in band practice or how much, you know, what, no, all you, that's respected. You got to price what you know you can exactly. do. Exactly. Be fair, price what you can do. 100%. Or bet on yourself because every venue owner I've ever worked with, Maddie, mm -hmm. if you say the artist wants to go 80 20 split on the door, they want to bet on themselves. Yep. Those, every venue owner will sign up for it, mm -hmm. right? When you got to start guaranteeing twenty five hundred, five grand, this and that for an artist, and then they only sell five hundred dollars worth of tickets. How me? How is it as somebody in our position who are talent buyers? How can we validate that to our ownership? It's it, it's nothing to take away from the talent level, the work they put in, all the things that they do to be become great musicians. It has nothing to do with that because we respect that. But how can we validate to ownership? Pay five thousand when they only sell fifteen hundred tickets. There's no, as a business person, it doesn't work mathematically. No, it doesn't. And that's why I have a lot of respect for artists that will price themselves accordingly or bet on themselves. That's my take on it. What's your take on it? Let me show I'm, well, I'm for it. So my, my situation is a little bit different because I, I run more of an incubator type situation for bands where on the, so on, the, on the lower scale, I work with the bands on a good, comfortable number. So I know it fits with our, our margin of what we're going to do. So it still helps me grow them at the same time. Like Correct. A lot of these bands I know they're from out of town, they don't, that they're new. I know they're not going to draw. But I know that I have a place that will bring people, and I know that they're good talent, that if I get them exposed enough times – then they're going to be my next level of people, right? Right. But like bringing in the bigger shows, like some of my favorites, like we did with Pat Green and what what, you knew they were going to deliver, so we know exactly what we're going to get our hands into and whatever. The problem now is after COVID, I don't say the, the agencies or whatever, they're starting to go on uh, a bidding war with everybody to right. a point where it's like, man, like like here, we don't make a, we don't give a shit if we make any money from the door as long as it covers the cost of the band and the expenses. We're golden, right? Because we'll make our money with, with food and drinks, whatever. For sure. But it pays for the entertainment. Right. When we start getting in the red where it's like, well, shit, man. Like, I had one act. It was something that I knew we wanted to do it, and we did it because we wanted to get it. And I knew we were never going to make the whatever, and we took a big hit on it. But at the end of the day, it was an awesome event. People still talk about it. But I can't do that 12 times a year. Right. You know what I mean? But And then they call back a year later to try to double what they did when they didn't make it. And I was like kick rocks you know yeah. i'm not trying to be a dick but whatever but then i have bands who i'm gonna call out chewies chewies comes here does a kick-ass job we pay them good money we do a big ticket event but this time they came around and we the houston texans have a chance to go into the playoffs again right right, right. it's a big freaking game and i have a lot of people that want to come here and watch the game but they didn't want to pay money to see the band so i had to pull the band aside and look man i was like can we renegotiate this one night? Right. I mean, they took almost a 50% pay cut because they saw the value in us because they were going to bring them back. Right. And they drive all the way from New Orleans. 
These guys say, fuck yeah, we'll do it. Not only that, we're going to party balls at the end of that show. So everybody's going to have a victory party, and they're going to remember our name because we give a shit. And that was... That means more, to, and these guys have been doing it for that, twenty yeah, that years. That means bro. the world to you and yeah, the venue. I was like, they took like, that I don't much understand of a cut that, yeah. Yeah, because they right, knew, like right. they wanted as many people to be there. Because now they may have had a couple hundred people in there because everybody else would have went to go watch the game. They had 800, 900 people here. They may not have even seen them for the first time. For sure. And now on their way home, they were getting messages. Yeah. Like man, I didn't even know who you were. When are you coming back? So that so they're coming back May fourth, and they're right. going to do a whole Star Wars thing. It's really gonna be cool. The they always dress up in like theme and. Well, like, last time they dressed up like '80s versus '90s, and the, the freaking bass player dressed up like uh, Teen Wolf. Right. That's so cool. But anyway, long story short, that's the kind of shit I'm talking about. Where you have that connect, where at the band and the whatever, and y'all work together. Yeah. The other ones are. Man, I just. It's hard. Like it's my, getting harder. To my whole thing bands. is this: is like. I I really want to. So I talk three hours about it, but it's. Like, I, I know we could talk for hours. I just want to say that like. I respect all the time and effort they put into to being great, right? At their at their yeah, at their craft, okay. Yeah, let's just say tomorrow I decided I wanted to be a professional dirtback rider. I can go practice for hours and hours and hours or whatever. I've never right? heard you say you ride a dirt bike. <laughs> I'm just I'm listening to anything professionally. Like Super okay. I can't. So let's just say I'm going to be a public speaker. Let's say Jimmy Rogers decides he's going to be a public speaker. That, let's say you know what I'm going to go to Dosi Do or I'm going to go to this video and I'm going to say you know what I'm going to come here and I'm going to speak. About this That's topic, it, or I'm going to give a motivational speech, or whatever, right? And I need twenty five hundred dollars. They're going to laugh at me. I'm only worth as much as people I can bring. No matter, I can be the great, and I can, and you know, I'm good at it. I can get up there and give a hell of a speech. You've seen me do it, and and I, and I can do that. That doesn't mean anything if I can't put butts in the seats. Well, and you got to put butts in the seats. And it's not to take away from how talented so many of these musicians are, but it's so competitive. And you got to be able to put butts in the seats. You got to sell tickets. So here's here's something that a lot of people don't know. So I'm I'm in the club scene of it, right? And I've made relationships with other big clubs, and not just here, but all over Texas, right? Right. And we all have our own little group that we talk about. Sure. And we all give numbers. We all say like, "Hey, man, hundred percent. Who did you? What happened when they do for you?" And they yeah. say, "Oh, man, like." I was like, "Well, they're claiming, and when I get when when they're saying that, oh, they did." 1500 in tickets but when i call that venue they only did 700 bro yeah, there's yeah. a problem and that's what's happening right now with the agencies they they're not giving you the full truth and i don't that, that i'll go round and round with these agencies and i get blackballed some days and that's fine that's, man but well you know I, i'm okay with getting blackballed by artists or agencies by stating the there's facts a million the other truth. people that want to come 100 percent. and the facts the truth is and i've heard i've talked to successful artists that have said man they they want people got to pay your dues and look you got to sell tickets it goes for all of us 100%. and i'm a, as a as a producer promoter marketer whatever you want to call me if you don't think i've got out there and grinded my tail off sending personal text messages sending emails i know you've seen I've me do there. it and yeah. i've been on top of you to get, because I because I see a show I see a show that I'm paying five thousand dollars for and I've only you still, fired a band yeah exactly I'll fire a band you did but it's if like if the young entertainers could realize that like when you have a versus show and you have an opportunity to make five thousand dollars if you're not privately texting people if you're not hustling grinding we are we are we're doing it too it's not that we're just asking the band to do it that's why I love Jesse Payton when it comes to comedy because Jesse Payton oh, hustler he will hustle and his if his show is not sold out by the venue or the promoter. He go. He'll start hustling himself to street. get exactly, and that's the problem with a lot of people. Is they don't understand like legit go you need to, a to hustle. Give, tell them five minutes of jokes, and then they go buy a ticket. Exactly, it's amazing. But he he's not going to let his show fail, uh-uh. and he's going to stay up all night, or he's going to work his tail off until he has nothing left on the table to make sure his his show is successful. And I see so many entertainers, and I've given them all the opportunities. I'm like, dude, it's a versus. We're going to give you eighty percent of tickets. You can make three to five thousand. Oh, they don't care. They don't care. Okay. Or if you say, "Hey, well, the last couple of times it's been a little whatever," we're gonna have to roll it back a little bit. They get a little, "Hey, what up?" You know. And let me say what I work my fucking tail off. I, I don't like we, we both all promote our ass off. We're all working our tail off. We're all we busting our, our butts. So I don't want to hear, time, "Well, man. I have three or four gigs this week." I have a lot of respect for entertainers, and there's a lot of them out there that are doing it, that are hustling and grinding to get their name out there and to make their show successful. But it's the ones that demand the payday and aren't willing to hustle. Look, I'm gonna be honest. I don't care if I get black, Mr. Matty. Look, just because you're on the Texas scene and you you have a couple good songs does not make you George Strait. Okay, you have to keep grinding. You have to keep grinding. That's 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 what we're all here doing. We're all here grinding. Okay, and that's what I'm gonna say about that. All right, I'm grind- <laughs> I'm grinded. Because me and so, you've had talk about grind. 
But anyways, um, let's get into some fun stuff. Oh, yeah. What is your favorite? There's obviously been a ton of shows here at Sawyer Park. Um, I'm looking around the room right here, and there's a ton of different posters and artists that have been here. What has been your favorite show in the history of this venue that's been open for, what, a few years? Yeah, there's three. Two of them we did together, and then one I did. First one being, the first one when I knew that this place was going to be special was Josh Ward. You told me about it. You're like, bro, I don't know. I think, I think we can handle it, but we. I think we kind of oversold that night. I don't, I'm, not gonna say, I'm not going to say what my fire code is here. Yeah. yeah. Not going to say that, you know, but uh, <laughs> let's just say that we had to open up some extra doors around here. And that was the first time I sat in the very back of this club and I was watching it. And I was watching the lighting director of that band. I think his name was Wookie. Yeah. Is what his name was. And I, and I saw the, what the future potential could be of this club with the, like the light show and the production and the shit. And I caught a lot of hell making that stage four foot tall. But here I am in the back of this club and I see Josh up there. And when he first walked, like the band starts up and he walks out. And he starts, I want to say, fucking the crowd. And that's it. Like, everybody is just so zoned yeah. in, and they're watching the shit. And I was like, hell yeah. We did there's, there's not a much better hometown that's show great, well, I know than that. Josh Ward show. And then, so I was like, hell yeah. So I was like, we got something here. And then the next one was when we did one in the backyard with Pat Green, right? And the cool thing about throwing events like that, like, you're busy running around doing shit all day. You're getting this done. And then there's moments where you stop for a minute and sit back. And I always sit in the very back yeah. or I'm in the front somewhere. And you just see thousands of people just having a good time. Yeah. Like they're there. They're feeling the emotion. They're drinking. Man, they're having a good time. Like the- and, and you're looking at the waitresses. Everybody's making money. Everybody's doing their shit. Everything's just coming Makes it all fluid. worth it. The sound guy's doing his thing. The band's kicking ass. And you're just sitting back there like, hell yeah, bro. And then the other one was when I brought this 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 band called Austin Meat in. Here's this guy I've been following around, man. He's just he's got first of all he's got the coolest must, mustache and hair in the game. <laughs> he kind of started out country. He's good friends with like Co Wexel and stuff. They did some collabs or whatever. Well then, I my coworker I work with Lily. She loves this guy. She's like, man, we really got to get this guy here. I was like, hell yeah, let's do it. So we get him, and, and I'm I'm feeling weird about it because like I, I'm not getting a lot of response at first, but his ticket sales just start going up and up and up yeah. and up. I'm like, hell yeah. And then he shows up. He he comes out in his van. He's wearing snakeskin pants. He's like, bro, is there any way I can get like a Bloody Mary? I'm like, hell yeah. Bloody Mary, no, what yeah. time of day was it? Oh, it was like 9 a.m. And he has no shirt on his glasses. And he's, it's his. he got the stage hands. I'm like, yeah, he opens up this trailer and all his gear just falls out. And he goes, yep, that explains last night. <laughs> but then as, as his crew comes in, they're like the nicest people in the world. We're doing everything. We're setting the band up. And he's, and he's starting to kind of evolve into what he's going to be that night. And then all of a sudden, all these fans are coming up with all his merch, and they they all have like this weird, like funny shit, like right. "Hey fuckers," just that. He's got a song where he stops, where his record label calls him, and they say, "Hey, we need, we need more butthole and whatever in this thing." So then they start bringing out these sex dolls. They, the people are throwing blow up dolls on the stage, bro. This I guy think I was there for that show. Yeah, you, you're on the side stage. Yeah, right yeah. Now. And he's like just ripping it, bro. But he hasn't been here with my new light system that I got. And so, and then he's bringing this other guy with him. Oh yeah, he's coming back. When is he coming back? This Saturday, bro. Oh man, I know you're probably busy, but man, he is—he's so geared up for this one, and he's just blown up too. He's been all over the nation now. He's got a tour bus status. Right. Just had a kid. He brings him on the road. Brings him out. Like it's. I love to see. He sounds like somebody that's hustled and and grinded to get where he is. And you want to help? You want to really get behind? Yeah, this is probably the last time he could play here. He's 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 about to really go to that next level. You know, for sure. But it shows like that. Like you take a chance on. Right, and it and it pays out, and you introduce all these people to new people, and that's where it's like. So that's when I started booking like other people I haven't heard of, like Matt Castillo from San Antonio. Sure, he could be. I'm telling you right now, if he was in the right spot, he's right there. I mean, Shout out to uh, his booking agent. They're all of them. Grant Holly Grant. Oh, yep, yep. She's oh, yeah. great. She's great. Holly, Holly Holly hustles, man. She makes sure all the people sure. play it. Holly stays times. on top of me. Yeah, she see she's like, look, she's always she's always grinding for her entertainers. But so. I, like I look around like like you know uh, Cody Hibbert, he's coming up here pretty soon. Yeah. Fucking love that guy too. He hustler. You got Trent Cowie hustler. You got Jake Bush. He's a hustler. Of course, you know Jeff Canada's always hustling around here. Jeff Canada, yeah, yeah uh, all of them. This is a hotbed, man. This whole it. and I don't say just like Montgomery County or Woodlands. I'm talking about if you if you look at Houston oh. area, you know. 
Balloon pie is like oh, so many, geez. so many, man. It's just so many, man. You've had so. Many. I'm looking around this room right now. I'm looking at all these different names. But I'm bringing people from from Oklahoma. Yeah. I'm trying to bring that Oklahoma yeah. scene down yeah. here. Matt Williams kicks ass. That's a good thing about your venue is that they allow like me you to said. Well, your ownership's behind you, and they and they yeah. encourage you. They believe in you, but they'll. You guys have that built-in crowd where even if it's somebody coming from Incubator. Oklahoma or something, like people are still going to show up, and that's such a great thing because some venues don't have that. So if they if they book a bandit, nobody shows up, they lose their tail. And then I you, call you and say, Jimmy, put them on the big stage at one of your big shows, man. You have you, you've taken some of them, and hundred percent, they're great. And um, you know what? The ones that have the good uh, that are respectful, that are professional, that appreciate the opportunities that are given. And, you know, I hate this whole, like, oh, you're a promoter. You're this and that. You know what? Don't we're, bite the hand that feeds you. We're producers. We're producers and we're marketers. And we worry a lot more. Than, I don't know what the hell a promoter means. If you just mean, if promoter means I just post on Facebook and promote your show, well, I do a hell of a lot more than that. <laughs> yeah. You've been at my, you, you've seen what goes into put on a festival. I'm more than a promoter. So I take offense to that. And uh, I've taken a lot of notes. There, I'm telling you, man, like, I, I really do want to keep working with the ones that are that are appreciative and it's cool because again if one of one of our people makes it to that next level man how cool is that going to be for us man just to be like, a part of that yeah cody hibber comes to mind for me because cody hibber was nothing i know working in the oil field remember we were we were we were making we were his designing his like cd <laughs> he, cover or something <laughs> cody if you're listening to this, you hated my album cover but you still paid for it which i but he's still one of our boys and like yeah. if he ever makes it like to the rodeo stage oh, or like we better be getting some of that dude love. we remember when he was like Playing at, uh, remember we went and saw him at in Conroe at Marshall's Marshall's Tavern by himself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, like, the, his voice is so big. We fight with our venue owners and our venues <laughs> when we bring these people in, and we want to showcase them. That's the passion. We we know. love all this new shit, bro. Like, hundred percent. There's so much talent but out there. That's my thing. Is I want to talk about this year at the awards ceremony. It's like the artists and venue and the even the promoter uh, or buyer the relationship. Like, how, it is team. so important. And being grateful for each other, we have to grow. To we're together. grateful for the musicians. Yeah, but we have and to grow. We need to be together. grateful for what we do. And I'm, I don't care if you think I sound egotistical. We we bust. I know you do. Mm-hmm. I know you bust your tail. I know you fight for entertainers, and so do I. We've had many conversations about different entertainers and how we want to help them, make them better, see them succeed. We all love Peyton Howie. Yeah, of course. Peyton Howie's our girl. Like we want to see Peyton Howie go to night. the moon. She came up here on a steak night. Played uh, uh, as soon as she got off the stage, like never come back here again until you have a full band. She's like, "Yes, sir, Mr. Matthew." I'll but why do we here. love Peyton? Because she brings it and she, she delivers brings every it. Time. She brings it. She's grateful. She's easy she's to work with. She's professional. She's easy to work with. She gets where she's at in her career. She's she listens. Not, yes, she, you give her advice yes. and she takes the notes and she goes yeah. and does. And it. you cheer for people like that. Yeah. You cheer for them. You cheer them. They know where they're man. at. Like I tell everybody that comes here, big or short. Once you play here, I'm your first guy you're gonna see, your last guy you're gonna see. My house is your house. If you're playing down the street somewhere else and they're not feeding you, whatever, come over here. We'll take care of you. It's just like old Josh Ward band came over here and saw me the other night. That was badass. They did. Yeah, they came here and had dinner. We sat and <sighs> bullshit. It was a great time. A show the other night. I could make it. I was working, but I had a good show yeah. too. But not as big as you. We'll talk a little bit more about Josh <laughs> Ward in a second. But before we get to that, I want to talk to you about um, about a little bit about you and your historical music career. You're in a band called Silverleaf. Yeah. You and I have had many nights where we've gotten a little tipsy and we've reminisced on the days when you were on the front of Rolling Stone magazine and all the just all the the cool stuff. Sorry, not the front. I apologize. But all being in Rolling Stone magazine, the success of the band, all the touring and just the you're you're bringing. Is it a reunion show? Is that what's coming in? Yeah, bringing it back. Maybe May third. We're doing a twentieth anniversary of our CD, which is man, we're sold. We've been together 24 years, which is crazy. We were talking about it last night. So has practice. the band been playing at all, or is y'all just like... Yeah, no, like my singer, he went off, did some single stuff, but then like half my band went and became a Pearl Jam tribute band for the last 10 years. And then they've, they've each got a couple projects. One of them has like a oh, uh, Jane's Addiction tribute band. The other one's got like a police one, whatever. I got busy doing corporate stuff and whatever, and then came into this last so 10 what, years. So the last 10 years, I've been helping this company... Build bars and restaurants, and you've been great at it. But but then we finally got something with music, so I get to get back in it again, which is great. So tell the tell the people that are going to watch, and we may share some of this stuff on social, whatever. Tell them what can they expect 
Um, was it May third? May third. Like if, if, if you if you come out May third and you say I'm gonna go Silver Park and see Silverleaf, they ain't been they ain't played together in over a decade. What yeah, can you expect, crazy. man? Can uh, you a bunch of old dudes up there throwing their hip out? Well, first of all, I'm a big <laughs> diet. I want a big diet. I know you can't tell right now, but I'm down 37 pounds. No, 36 pounds. Give me yeah. some love on that, brother. 37 oh, for sure, for sure. But um, he looks great. Thanks, sir. Getting there. Uh, now the the thing about us back in the day, we always wanted to. Again, we go to the clubs, whatever. We wanted like get everybody involved in the shows, so we would change it up. There would always be some kind of intro. There would always the show was different every time you came to see it. So when we made our album, it was called the show. It's like a, just a whole vibe type thing, which was right. great because like you know you think you've forgotten. It's been so long. We put that one post out there, and over two thousand people responded right, in a day. Right, you know right. that was crazy. I was like, For oh sure. shit, there's still some gas in the tank here. But again, our music's pop rock. It's nothing crazy. It's nothing whatever. But you could see five guys up there giving so much passion and you know and we were one of those bands the little band that could like we would show up to all these festivals tour bus tour bus my expedition tour bus tour bus yeah but we're there with, we're, we're on the road with shinedown Smompty soul blue october puddle mud yeah we're all doing the shit and then you know it just it, it's just crazy it was, a, it was a good time so we but we learned to be very easy like we were the band that could get up and do a sound check in five minutes you're right we would do whatever the club asked. We'd do whatever. We'd promote the shit. We didn't have Facebook. Yeah. We didn't have MySpace. We had MP3.com at that time. We literally had to make little CDs that we would pay out our own to give to everybody that came to the show, or we'd go put them on their car. We'd go to the big clubs and pass out flyers. Like we did old school. We did mailing lists when you got right. there. Oh yeah, mailing lists. Oh, grassroots yeah, marketing. We had to. Grassroots. You know? Yeah. You didn't have the social media and all that. But it worked. So that's, and that's the thing, dude. Is all these entertainers now. Have, I mean, fuck. I'm just saying. I know, I know, and you don't want to say it right because you don't want them to think you're talking about you. And I'm not talking about anybody specifically, but we know that you guys back in the day didn't have you had to hustle. <laughs> and music sucked. And music and hustle man putting flyers on cars at clubs yes, and we, did. Yeah, we, we, we made a night. And of now it. you have like and like I can't tell you how many times you've seen me fire. Yeah, one of the biggest bands. bands in the yeah, country. Well, I know. And like, I'm not afraid to do it. We couldn't even get a freaking mic of post out of them. Why? Well, exactly. If I had all the tools <laughs> today. Like, Why can you not even make a post? Oh, we'll make a post the week of. You're going to make a post the week of the show? Uh, but, but here's the Everybody's got plans already, man. You need to be posting regularly. Like, come on, man. Just doing what we used to do back in the day. And we they would don't play, get it. We would play a, a dive bar. Divier than fucking Exit 73 called Sidecar Pub. And that place would hold 350 and we would sell it out every time, no matter what. Was, yeah. And that's way outside of Houston. We never had a crowd less than 300. That's from grassroots marketing. Maddie. Give me Facebook now. Give me all this shit with all the. Oh my God. Maddie, let me tell you Please. something. I listen to it and I, again, I love them. <laughs> it's not you. This ain't Maddie talking. This is Sailor. Y'all got so much. This is Sailor Jimmy you talking. Go, no, first of no, all, this is Sailor you don't Jimmy even have to talking. Make an album. You just go make one hit. Yeah. Put it on hey, if you, if, you have, if you have one song that Put goes, it on TikTok. if you have one song that's great, you can you'll be set for the rest of your life. Okay, one hit wonder. Jesus. But Christ. listen, here's the All deal. The tools. Like I listen, I I, I hear entertainers say like, well, you you know how hard it is. I'm uh, okay. My gala in the Woodlands, right? We do it. Or we used to do it at the Woodlands Resort. Now we do it at Margaritaville. Party place. Who do you think goes out and sells 300 seats every year? Jimmy Rogers. You think? You think? My my Facebook post sells that? No. no. I hustle and I grind to sell those seats. There's that word again. He likes to grind. That's what He's you have grinder. to do. Jimmy you have grinder. to hustle and grind. When Jimmy you're given man. the opportunity to be great at something, every show, every show, every event matters. Okay? Yeah. Every venue matters. Every and show matters. As soon as that week's over, it's like, okay, here's the next. You know, what, what do we got next? That's, what do we got that's, next? Hey. And then let's, what are we doing let's six go. months from now? What hey. are we doing? Whatever. Let's, how many, how many, we take each other. Let's go. Let's go. Send it. Oh, yeah. We're chasing a dream here just like they are. Our dream is to have the best shows or the best production of a show. You love lights. You love how I the- I love production you love I the, want every band to come in What here do I always tell you? Look like Pink Floyd. That's well, I always tell you what's important to me. It's the- Guest experience. Uh, guest experience. We want to be different. We want the guests to have a good time. Now, so. your VIP, when you do your VIP shit, because you got the capability to do all this crazy stuff, you got your couches over. That's that's bad. We shit. just want our guests to have a different experience than where they get anywhere else. So we I'm take sure. a lot of pride in that. We take a lot of we do a lot of planning. There's a lot of people involved in the execution of it. And that's what I want the entertainers to know is that like everybody is You're not playing just showing up and rocking. There's a lot of things to get you here. Hundred percent. Know? But yeah, we're, but with all these bands now, man, y'all have y'all have got the opportunity now to really be bigger than life. Like, y'all have all they the do goods. because of social media. That I mean, but just the fact that you can go out there, you don't have to make a big album. You know, like, you got to grind, man. You got to hustle. 
If you're lazy, I don't have any sympathy for you, man. If I, if I, if but I see a handful of them out there, I see you, Jake Bush. I see you, Trent Kelly. I see y'all doing the grinding right now. I hundred percent. Susan Hickman. Susan Hickman's grinding. Butt off right now. But you have respect for those people. But I don't have simp- I don't have any sympathy for people that are like. If I get to a week of a show and it's been it's been on it's been planned for three months and I get to the week of and it's highly underperforming and Ten I go tickets. to the, and I go to their social and I go to their social page and it's like there's been one post in three months like I'm I don't have any I'm very unsympathetic towards the fact that you're not performing the where, where you should like Austin Mead I get a message every day hey where are we at where are we at on tickets because they're they're where engaged they're, they're engaged oh, give me your newest flyer and they just they they just did a Facebook ad for this area they're engaged and I'm watching it because I get we're getting the sponsors from it I'm like oh there's another yeah and I'm, awesome. I'm gonna look right in the camera this is Sarah Jimmy talking I've been doing this for a decade done a lot of great shows it is not solely up to the venue or the entertainer or anybody it's a partnership it is a group effort to make sure that the show is successful it means everybody has to be involved everybody's being engaged to make it successful do you agree with that has to be yeah it's not all on the entertainer it's not all on the venue or the or the promoter it's a group effort it's a it's a it's teamwork end of the day that's how you make the show great so if you're not engaged you're not doing your job then don't complain when it's not successful it's like a swarm swarm look at the hat maddie I haven't really seen it in person. Yeah, they're a swarm squad. You did the artwork. I don't know. All right, I'm going to make, um, make a little sponsor shout-out here because you know sponsors pay the bills. Grind? Is it something to do with grind? We're grinding. We're grinding. Sponsors yeah. are part of the grind. I'm going to tell you, I'll give you, I'll be real for a second. Yeah, he's been real already. <laughs> Actually, I've he's been, been, he's been preaching I've been real the whole today. time. But another real thing is I asked, so I, I got a new venue partner called Sam Houston Race Park. Ever heard of it? Uh, is that where the horses play? Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude! That place. First where the horses when they, play. When they first came out, man, that that was such a big boost to the community. The when, fact that we had horse racing like that. When was that? Because I don't remember, bro. I'm, I'm old, bro. It's been you're, a you're long fucking time. But then they started throwing concerts there, and mm-hmm. then he stopped. It sucked. They had some of the best concerts. So, Maddie, what, so I knew they had concerts, and I'd been to one. The best concert I've ever been to at Simmonson Race Park was Cody Johnson. I think it was 2019 <laughs> or 17. Twelve thousand five hundred people on in the infield. In, incredible. Uh, that was probably just the beginning of his. That was when he was bullshit. just like breaking out. He was shitting. Going. Everybody knows Cody Johnson. Everybody says that's my friend. I've known him when he was whatever. He was shitting going. All over here. Had an opportunity that night to meet him behind stage and. Uh, Hats off. Awesome. Him, by the way, I think it was 2019. Stuff. That's a grinder. That's a mother. That dude grinded. That dude earned his. He is the grind. Yeah. Okay, so then COVID hits, right? Yeah. COVID hits like 2020, 2021, whatever. They shut down Sam Houston. They stopped doing the Ziggenbach Fest. They stopped doing the live concerts. Yeah, they did that there too, bro. Ziggenbach Fest is, was the, one of the biggest festivals in yeah. Texas. I know. So, and they used to do raves there. They used to do all sorts of crazy Everything. Stuff. Just a historical venue. Like, and my rave hands. Anyway. So I got a phone call like six months ago, six months to a year ago. Jerry Creed. You know Jerry Creed. Mm-hmm. George Strait tribute band manager. And he's like, hey, the he's, Sam- a, he's, he's kind of an icon in Houston. <laughs> I don't. I don't doubt it. He's, he's seen when I some when shit. I when I tell you what he's I'm about to shit, tell you, though. he's gonna be. You're gonna understand it more. So he calls me. He's like, "Hey, the race park, COVID's over. Race park. They want to bring back live concerts, live music. Yeah, and go. they Sit brought down. back the old GM from years ago. And he go. And they were asking me who's the guy and blah blah. So they're like, he set me up a meeting with Sam Houston Race Park. I bet you're like, oh shit, dude. This was like one of my dreams. Literally, I'm not joking with you. This was one of my dreams. That this venue was one of my dreams, and so I went into the meeting. Whatever. Long story short, closed the deal, and in the last probably six months, I've been working with them and their staff. I know, hand in hand, lots of meetings, and uh, we're bringing we're bringing the honky tonk, <laughs> honky tonk back to the racetrack. And you guys know all all the country folks like to go to the racetrack, watch the horses races, and then the, one of the cool things. About the race park is after the horse racing is over on Saturday night, is they used to do these live concerts. So you go and bet on the horses, have it's a good a great, time. It's great entertainment. And then the racing ends, and then you go and enjoy the concert. And they took me down what, what I call is the Sam Houston Race Park Hall of Hall of Fame, I guess. Mm-hmm. So they walked when I first went and toured in the administrative building. They took me down this hallway, and there's all these posters on the wall, and it's Doug Stone, it's Roger Craiger when he's 23 years old. I mean, it's. All the best acts in Texas that you can remember mm-hmm. um, that performed at this venue back in the state was a staple, dude. It was a in the north on the side on the, on the northeastern side. Yeah, that was it. The race park was like that was the place to play. Well, and Dusty Dev. 
So, anyways, yeah. Well, Dosey Doe, of course. Yeah, it's a and now Sawyer game. Park. Yeah, right, but, come on. But, anyways, I'm very grateful for the opportunity, Maddie. And here's the cool so thing. What you got coming? Here's the cool thing. I asked the race park if they would sponsor the Seven Jimmy podcast, and they said yes. So, um, oh, same, they're a sponsor. What's that? They're sponsoring this. Yeah, they're sponsor. They're sponsoring the show. And uh, awesome. I have, have, have a little. Have a little read off for the race park. I'm listening. <clears throat> the Sam Houston Race Park is now back open. Okay, they're doing live horse racing from now until I think it's like June 15th. But you don't want to miss a minute of the action. With thoroughbred stakes racing every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Every Friday, Saturday, Sunday, That's thoroughbred. Live. That's live yeah. horse racing. Live horse racing, thoroughbreds. Not watching on so the TV. This if you don't know the difference, live. thoroughbreds do the longer races. Yeah. Quarter horses are the straightaway. They do it on the, the clay or the grass? They're doing it, well, they're doing it on the grass and on the, on yeah, the okay. dirt. Okay. They like the slop. I got it. <laughs> they like all of it. At Sam Houston Race Park, there is something different every weekend, including special events that are fun for the whole family. So this is a family friendly venue oh, yeah, you can bring the kids is. you can bring whoever you want um every friday night every friday night from nine to eleven uh sam Houston race park has live music with a four dollar big beer and two dollar wine special and on february 17th february 17th coming up sam Houston race park features five major stakes races during its texas preview day with the first race being at 1 p.m that day they are giving away 800 free coca-cola hats let me say it again. Free eight hundred. I love when they get free stuff. Yeah, they give away a lot of free stuff. They're well connected they're with brands. Eight hundred free Coca Cola hats to the first eight hundred customers uh, that pay admission for their thirtieth anniversary. That's right. This is the thirtieth anniversary of Sanderson Race Park this year. There you go. Here's one. Yeah. So, Coca Cola eight hundred free hats uh, on March eighth and 9th. Sanderson Race 94. Park. What's that? Ninety four. Nineteen ninety four. Ninety four. Yeah. Can you believe that? What were you doing in 1994? I was in high school throwing that parties out in the <laughs> throwing out in the cow fields. I was seven years old. I was I was preparing my career to do this. Anyways, on March 8th and 9th, Sam Houston Race Park will have camel and ostrich racing. I've heard of that. So I've it's never not even been horse racing. Now we have they've, cam- been, do- they've been doing this for a while. Yeah, that, and that's I heard that's, that's really staple. cool. Yeah, but I've never been able to go to it. Oh March God. 8th, you can go. March well, sorry, March 8th and 9th, which I believe is a Saturday and Sunday. Sunday, I can do it. Camel and ostrich racing. Um, it's so cool. And every Sunday in March, they will have a family fun day ostriches with pony rides. Good. I know, but ostriches. Hey, you know, you ever seen ostrich? They go. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, we call that the Maddie look. Yeah. But that is, they, they haul ass, bro. But no, man, they're going to have uh, every, it says here, um, every Sunday in March, they're going to have pony rides, petting this, zoos, local breweries, right local breweries. Live music and more. Um, you can find out all the information about what's going on at Sam Houston Race Park at shrp.com. Sam Houston Race Park is up and running again, uh, doing live music, live I events. I was going to say it's about time. It's about it really time. is, man, it's such a historical venue. Well, it's cool for the family. 100%. There's not a lot of like things you can do that. And it's as a kid, seeing like the horses and the hot dogs come on now i got the good hot dogs there too but like it's different too man like contest too. Like, there used to be a ribbing contest i would get in it was crazy I, I encourage everybody if you if you have an opportunity this racing season you have now until well, even february march and then april june is going to be uh, quarter horses but get out to the race park uh go check out a race like i said every sunday in march they're doing ostrich and camel racing that's kind of cool that'd be fun to watch <laughs> we gotta go do that um, but great venue. Let's go do that on a Sunday. Great venue on Sunday. They have the brunch, the brunch menu. I didn't know about that. Uh, Bloody Marys, mimosas. But uh, y'all get out to Sam Houston Race Park. That's my Thank only day off. Thank you for sponsoring too. us. What's that? It's like my only day off to go, so I'm going. Well, let's go. You know what's happening at Sam Houston Race Park April 13th? Oh, I think I do. Is some crawfish thing or something? Or? The boots for troops, peel for a purpose, April 13th at Sam Houston Race Park. And uh, star studded lineup. Wade Bowen, Sawyer Brown, Brian Martin, um, Rick Trevino, and Carlton Anderson. It's a huge crawfish festival presented by Moffitt Services. Uh, all for benefiting Boots for Troops, military charity, our troops. So y'all put that on your calendar too. Find out a lot of information about that at bootsnumber4troops.org. All right. We're going to switch over to some sports talk. Let's go. We're going. I don't think you're ready. I'm ready. I don't think so. 
Bro, you look scared to me. I'm watching all the transitions going on here the last couple of days that the Texans are moving right now, and the Astros. Yeah, let's talk about the Texans. <sighs> you know, you, like you know, like that feeling you get at the beginning of the season where you like you just know, like 2017 when I first we first went, hung out to watch the, the World Series together. Yeah, we just knew, like we yeah. felt it in our gut, like, bro. It's gonna happen. What a magical season! That's a, if I could, if I hear you have one word for the season, it'd be magical. Yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember Mina exit? Yeah. Every game. Well, we're just sitting like there going, the, send it. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> we had no clue how good this team was gonna be, and like they kept winning, and then it got fun. Yeah, it was just like you let's know? go. What was your favorite moment about the season? Just the crazy outcomes. Some of those last minute home runs. Some of the, just the big plays. Some of the and just watching. It was the people around you. Right. Because everybody's like, oh, well, we were all here together. We had to come back here again. And it just kept growing and growing and growing. And then everything, like, everybody had these things going on. It was just the vibe. Like, it was just it was Well, we've better. been such a baseball town for so long, and that's fine. I'm okay with that. I love that. Finally. Because like, you and I have had some – we've had some – dude, we've had some really fun moments cheering yeah. the Astros on you and oh, 100%. I. 100%. And uh, it was cool to see you and I sit at the – Sit there and cheer on the Texans in, a, in, the, in almost a similar way as the Astros. Oh, this like, year? Yeah. It's, we been were a like, while. it's been a hot minute that I've, I've actually watched the Texans. I'm not going right. to lie. After the last bunch of shenanigans, we lost Watt and all that. I, I was, you try to rally me back because you've made some friends with some of the team members and stuff and try to get me back going. I just couldn't do it. I took a lot. I took a look. I took a lot of heat. From from friends, including like Ray Henson, Chris Oh, you had to throw him like because I was a homer right in the years that they were just absolutely terrible. I kept saying like they were still going to be good because I'm just such a homer. And I, I was, was pissed. I was pissed with the management. Yeah, and the, and the what coach they bullshit right. that they were doing. I was like, man, what are y'all doing? But hey, as soon as they said to Miko Ryan's, I was like, what? you were like, yeah, I was like, what? <laughs> You bring back my dog? Let's say, Swarm. Okay. I was like, and then we say, like, hey, bro. Swarm. And then me, me and Brian Butler were like, I don't know. It's kind of tricky. And then we started talking draft. Nobody expected them to make it to the divisional round of playoffs, though. So. Well, and we got that draft. And you get two badass number ones. Yeah. You happen to be offensive and defensive rookie of the year. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. And you, you know what? It's not, like I felt like they had a lot of talent. I didn't feel like they had the right coach in place. I felt like last you found year, out to this year how much coaching means to a great team. But uh, I think when we talked about the team last year, there was a lot of talent on that team that just weren't coached right. So when you get that passion in there, you can get any group of guys to do what you got to do, right? Yeah, for sure. We don't have an all star I mean, lineup. We don't. It also goes to show that when you have a when you have a we just made a bunch of all stars. When you have a franchise quarterback and a franchise coach, those are the top two pieces. Yeah. When you have Brady, both, Belichick, when you have both, yeah, man, like. Let's be honest. I'm going to predict the it. The team is like, I'll run through a wall for you. Yeah, I'm going to predict need? it right now. Put it in an envelope. Put it in an envelope. I'm doing it too. Put it in an envelope. The Texans are going to win a Super Bowl with C.J. Stroud. 100%. They're going to. I think he's that guy. He has the personality. He has the work ethic. I don't and think his just head's one. on straight. I'm yeah. saying two or three. It's going to be hard to get Mahomes. I'm is telling you, everybody's beast, saying the only person that can beat him right now is C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud. You know, I'm going to tell you what my favorite moment of the season was with you. What's that? Do you remember whenever we – it was like week – like 14, it was late in the season, and J.J. Watt went on the Pat McAfee show, and he was like – they asked him, like – he was like working out in Houston or whatever, and then you admitted, and I – He admitted the other day. Yeah, I know. You and I, remember you and yeah. I were sitting at exit one we night. We called it. We and we were it. like, he's coming back. He's coming back. Like, if the Texans win this week, he's coming back. And then we lost that game to Jacksonville or whatever, and I think if we would have won that game – he even said that. He said he said that like two days ago on the same yeah. show. He's like, oh, I'm 1,000% not coming back. He was paying he was attention. Like, he was, I was down to two teams. He was paying attention. Yeah, he's like, he goes, I was seeing what was going to happen between two teams, between the Steelers going to play with my brother right. or the Texans. And they're saying, so you're saying there was a chance? He's like, there was. He's like, right now, I don't know. But I'm telling you right now. I think if he because I remember the game, it was Jacksonville. Either that or he's coming back and have some kind yeah. of coaching role. And he may come back next year. He's going to be lying again because he's like, well, he's working out every well, day. He said like this, he's like, I, if I was gonna come back, it would have been this year. But you can't come back after a year. And bullshit. Yeah, he he he's in shape. That far back, but you know what I'm saying. Do you remember how excited we were? We were at we were sitting in the bar. We're like telling everybody we we convinced ourselves that he was coming. Was gonna coming. Make yeah, I'm telling you, had the outcome been different, I think he would have been there. Hundred percent. That would have been too crazy, bro. Imagine the life of the can city you, after that. Oh my god. Can you imagine the? Can you imagine like the next day? Breaking news. I'd just be like, J.J. Watts coming back to the Houston Texans I'd be like, for a playoff so. run. Oh, yeah, I'd be like, I told y'all. 
We'd have been celebrating how I mean, turned we out for right. what? We'd have been yeah. celebrating how we were right. No, it would have been bad. <laughs> I mean, a lot of Jaeger drank on that one. But oh, anyway, man. it was good shit. All right. <clears throat> do you yeah. think do you think D'Amico Ryan's yep. or Nick Casario do you, okay, did you watch the honor did you watch the NFL awards the other night? No. So D'Amico lost head coach of the year to um Stefinski and and, and Cleveland, which I felt Bullshit. I was initially like, What the we beat Cleveland beep because like we beat Cleveland in the first round, and like everybody hey. predicted the Texans to be like one of the worst teams in the NFL, and they go yeah. to the divisional round. They beat the Browns in the first round when people were predicting the Browns to be the team that goes to the Savior. Super Bowl and surprise yeah. somebody, and they beat them. And these, and then this guy wins over D'Amico. Falco, this. What's Falco the that. how do how do they vote for this award? I don't know. So were you were were you disappointed? Hundred percent. Yeah, should have been a trifecta. And then whenever you're. Whenever you have C.J. Stroud, Offensive Rookie of the Year, Will Anderson, Anderson. Defensive Rookie of the Year, your head coach is up for Head Coach of the Year, how do you not win Executive of the Year if you're Nick Casario? 100%. Like, that's crazy. That's you all those – two out of the three. All those – all three you of those moves. Three, no, no. I mean, but you got two out of the I three. I know, but all three of those moves are executive moves. He has to hire D'Amico. He has to draft those two players. That's yeah, executive Yeah, what he did on the draft was sick, bro. Yeah, we went apeshit on that. I think he was robbed. I think he's robbed. That was cool. They're both robbed. But anyways, Maddie, you're one of my best friends. We watch a lot of sports together. We, we cry, we fight, we do it all. We can't close out the show without talking for just a few minutes about, a few seconds about the Super Bowl. What did you think about Super Bowl? I had a blast. I loved the halftime show. I thought it was great. Usher. I want to see him laugh. I think he'd be bringing it. All I know is that he had everybody dancing in the bar. You were here? You were no, here, I, was at, so I was at exit. Okay. And uh, I was actually working on some flyers, hmm. so that's why I went to exit. I was working. Were they my flyers? It was your flyer. <laughs> was well, I texting you, hounding you? <laughs> yes, you were. So I was getting it done. But then, like the halftime sh- went into overtime. I love the comeback. I think that was great. I think the better team won. Um, I got sick of seeing the Taylor Swift thing, but you know what? Hey, hats off to them. It's great. Yeah, I, I I'm one of those him. guys. Like, I don't care about the. I mean, that's. I'm happy for them. I think it's great. I can see her. I don't care if they the show theater. her or whatever. I love her red lipstick. I'm a big red uh, lipstick guy. I love when. No, I do too. <laughs> like, there's nothing you, hotter. There's yeah. nothing hotter. There's no, I love red. Like for all the ladies out there, wear the red lipstick. Um, I think all Leave most men love Leave that. Leave the marks. Leave them exactly. <laughs> but I can't. I can't close out the show without asking. I gotta ask, man. I'm sorry. I have to ask. What? Are you okay with Travis Kelsey yelling at his head coach and, and, and shoulder bumping okay, so in the middle of Super Bowl? I, I feel bad about this right now. I feel real bad because I've maybe on another level. <laughs> I did not see that. No, we want to hear when, truth. When did that happen? Because I'm, I'm still trying to research it. Like, it I keep like seeing a picture where they're yelling at that poor old man. <laughs> poor old man. Andy Reid, one of the greatest coaches ever in NFL history. No, I'm saying he's getting yelled at by this dude, right? He's already banging the whatever. Let me tell you what happened. Let me tell you what happened. Give me the rundown. All right. Because I've been trying to research. I just haven't had time. All right. I'm, I'm going to give you the rundown. Because, okay, so here's, so I think it was like late first quarter or early second. Uh-huh. Early San Francisco's driving. They get down to the, in the red zone, and they, they run a play, and somebody on the Kansas City fumbles, turns the ball over. Yes. And now they show Travis Kelsey. He, like, runs up on Andy Reid. Andy Reid's not paying attention, comes at him, and, like, either body or shoulder checks him. He's and up Andy Reid's, like, caught off guard, right? He's like your size, bigger guy, right? Come on, Hal. Where's the weight? Keep that frame. Harley, up. edit that out. <laughs> um, but anyways, he he like shoulder bumps him or, or body bumps him. Catches him. Andy Reid almost falls over, and he's in his face like yelling at him. And supposedly he was mad because he wasn't in the game whenever the guy fumbled. Like he was going to stop the guy from fumbling or something. I don't know. And uh, I saw it. I'm sitting, and believe it or not, <laughs> I didn't go out for a Super Bowl. I say I was sitting at home. On the couch, legs up in a recliner, and I'm watching nobody around me, peaceful. Yeah, Astro I, with you. Yeah, Astro's chilling with me. Yep. And I'm like, I'm and I see him yell at his head coach, get all up in his face, and I and I and I'm like, that's not okay. So I immediately went to Facebook just because I'm in a chill mode. And I'm like, man, Doing the research. Where, I, where, I, where I grew when I grew up, like playing sports, military, like you don't disrespect the get leader the of your goods. team. Give me the goods. Whatever. What, what do you so do? I so I said that and then I, I posted it and I'll go back to watching the game. Like, well, what was he mad about? Because he wasn't in the game whenever the guy fumbled. Not too bad. Not I don't coach. know. Okay, so You're not then, the coach. So listen, so I'm just I'm chilling. Would you go yell at your sergeant like that? Hell no. <laughs> yeah, Hell no. So not go. only no, but a capital H E double hockey sticks, no. no. 
And so I started looking at my posts, like 15 minutes later, it's like 50 shares. And like 20 minutes, I was like 100 oh, shares. Yeah, heated now. And then like an hour later, it's like 300 shares. And it gets up to like almost 500 shares on my posts about how I thought. So Whoa, there's like all these comments. And I'm like, game. 90% of the comments people are saying uh, shouldn't happen. You shouldn't run up on your head coach like that. And then there's like this like 10% of society who's like, oh, it's just passion. No. And I'm like. Like we have passion, you and I get we get in our own fights. You and me, we'll get passionate about our own shit. One hundred percent, we'll get in it, but we don't fucking body check each other. For sure. And look, here's what I'm gonna say we about must, it. Before we we end respect the show. each other, man. We give our space, but you don't just run up on someone like that. And no, here's no, what I'm gonna man. say because I'm, I've, and I've already said it, but I'm gonna say it again because nah. I I believe in this and I Leg. I'm using my platform. <laughs> I respect everybody's opinion on what happened. My don't my opinion doesn't have to be your opinion. We don't have to agree on it. We can see things two different ways, but you're not going to get me on board, and I'm not going to get on the train. I've seen too many things in our country be disrespected. I'm not going to keep going with the disrespect. What I way I was taught, the way I was brought up, whether that's in team sports, mm-hmm. military, Coach. or business, Coach. or business, you don't disrespect the leader of the group. And if you do have something to, what, that you need to say to the leader of the group, you, you do it behind side. closed doors. Yeah. You do it. You Coach's do it. Coach's office. That's what they come to coach. And if office. all you people out there who want to say that it's okay and it's just passion, you're opening up a floodgates to working. say that it's okay and it's going to happen more, and you're going to validate it, and then there's going to be you're going to have people that work their whole life like Andy Reid did to gain that respect, and it's going to mean nothing because you can just go up in his face and 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 show him up in the middle. He bullied him because you know what? He wouldn't do that to D'Amico Ryan's. Travis Kelsey wouldn't do it to D'Amico Ryan's. He wouldn't do it to um, who's the Steelers coach? No, man, I can't think of his name right now. There's a Tomlin, lot of coaches, Tomlin. huh? Tomlin, right? Mike Tomlin. You think Travis Kelsey would do that to Mike Tomlin, <laughs> yeah, D'Amico Ryan's, no. or what? Uh, what's Campbell from Detroit Lions? What's no, his name? Yeah, Hell he, 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 he no. Yeah, no. He bullied. He bullied Andy Reid, but that's okay. Look, my take on it, so Jimmy's take. You don't disrespect your head coach like that. All right, we got it. Sweet. Period. His story. That's my take. Anyways, Maddie, thanks for joining us hey, on the show pleasure, today. Brother. I had a lot Love of fun. It. We talked about a lot of great things. I appreciate you. Appreciate your uh, your Good influence. Luck on your ventures. Absolutely, I appreciate your your influence, your opinions. I love it. Uh, thank you, Harley Ray, for being here, helping produce. Um, thank you to our sponsors, Captain Brad's Coastal Kitchen, Tomball, Texas, off two forty nine North Point. All the seafood you could ever want. Pony Show. The horse track, baby. Oh, yeah, the horse track. Oyster, ostrich and uh, camel yeah, racing man, coming I'm down up. with that. Make sure you follow Samuelson Race Park on Facebook. I will send a picture to prove I was there watching that shit. <sighs> We're going to bet on that stuff. Oh, I understand. Ostrich all day. Love you, shipmates. Thanks for tuning in for the latest episode of the Sailor Jimmy Podcast. We'll see you on the next episode. What are you doing with your life? Thanks for listening to the Sailor Jimmy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode. For more information or to connect with Jimmy, check us out on the web at SailorJimmy.com, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash SailorJimmyTX, on Instagram at SailorJimmyTX, and on TikTok at SailorJimmy. We'll see you next time.